Pois. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we take a look at what's been happening in the market trade, of course, we did see some lower numbers on the grain complex for a Friday, but we're going to kind of look at some marketing in 2020. Also, what we might see is there's some headline fears. That was a producer question that I received here just a little bit ago. And looking at the charts, we'll talk about the top that we saw in the corn market in October and how does that relate to today's marketing trade. We're going to get all the details from Brian Split. Brian is with Ag market.net and Brian very interesting uh, type of trade as we look at what's going on into this new year we know that we've got um, acres that didn't get harvested last year acres that didn't get planted folks wondering how that's all going to factor in to this year's marketing program and you brought up an interesting point before we started this was you have to focus on profitability versus focusing on prices when you look at the market Correct, Susan. Uh, and first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, second, that's something that we're really trying to get uh, with producers that we work with and focus not so much on the price. Uh, you know, $4 corn on the board does not mean the same thing to every producer. And so uh, one of my partners in the firm, Matt Bennett, he developed an app that uh, that he used for his own farm, and we've kind of fine-tuned it. Uh, now that we all work together, and so our real our real focus here moving forward into 2020 is getting producers in touch with their cost of production, either on a per bushel or per acre basis, and uh, making sure that we're monitoring that throughout the course of the marketing year. Uh, you know, keeping things current if there's additional expenses, or if we have uh, fluctuations that we're seeing on yield potential on on the individual operation. And not focusing so much on, you know, price projections that certain analysts or uh, industry experts might be throwing out, uh, because when you look at what happens, and we saw this uh, this this past growing season when we had all of the wet conditions, a lot of producers prior to that happening wanted to make sales on corn, for example, you know, in that four dollar and twenty to four dollar and thirty cent per bushel vicinity. And then the market really starts going up aggressively, and uh, it changes the mentality. Uh, and and now sales that may ha- may have been made at those levels uh, were were passed up. Um, the market did, of course, go higher, but then it crashed precipitously. And some of those sales that could have or should have been made based on profitability weren't. Um, so we also want producers to be aware that if you start selling bushels above your cost of production. How do those initial sales then lower your costs on the unpriced bushels? You know, how does it affect the break-even on remaining sales that need to be made yet? Because it is mentally hard for a lot of producers to make sales at prices that are lower than previous sales. But what we have to understand is those early sales that are made at profitable levels make it easier to sell at lower levels. Looking at, um, obviously, the discussion of, of trying to do the marketing, there's going to be a lot of uh, pencil to paper as, as guys figure out what that bottom line is. Talking to somebody like you, getting the idea of how and when they should move and keeping the emotion out of it, is that the first step? Right. So I, I think the first step is is being uh, very honest with yourself about your, your operation. And so uh, we've been really kind of focusing on five questions that 
we think producers should be asking themselves, how well do I know my farm? Will my farm income support the farm and my lifestyle? Uh, What am I willing to do if it doesn't? Um, How honest can I be with myself about this? And can I make money at prices that we are at right now? Um, and so I think if you kind of go through the, the spectrum of those of those questions, you know, there are categories that I think a lot of operations are very in tune with. You know, obviously, if you pay cash rent, uh, what your chemical, your fertility, your seed cost is, that type of stuff, it's pretty easy to hone in on. Uh, there's some other stuff a little tougher to track, labor, uh, maintenance, repair. You know, those are things that may change throughout the course of the growing season based on circumstances that that happen while you're planting or while you're harvesting. Um, frankly, one of the hardest categories to really determine uh, and, and be honest with is your family living expense. Um, and, and so you have to think about, hey, if I took a cruise with my family, um, what does that cost on a per acre basis to my operation? So these are the things you have to really be honest with yourself and try to figure out. And once you have all of those figures, you have to have a way to track it. You have to have a way to keep it up to date with some precision throughout the course of the year. And you can use that as your your baseline to now try to figure out what type of margin you want to get or what type of return you want to get on your investment because that's what a producer is doing every single year is they are borrowing money as an investment it's an investment in themselves and in their land, and they're looking for a return. Brian, a listener was was wondering, with everything that's going on, not only in global market trade talk, the, the current discussions with impeachment, how much is that going to weigh into what we're seeing in these grain and livestock market trades? So there's always going to be those outside market forces. You know, we get so wrapped up on the balance sheets and and you know I think the January crop report is a good example of that where it was so widely anticipated and all of a sudden we get the report and the uh, carryout for corn is adjusted by a measly 18 million bushels and so there's all this anticipation and then you know now what and so there's a lot of external forces um, that can affect the price of corn and soybeans and wheat uh, cattle, hogs, uh, that are based on external forces that are driven by money flow. Uh, so a lot of these macroeconomic events, whether it's movements in the currency, we do have a relatively strong dollar compared to a lot of our competitors. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Oh. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue to have a conversation today with Brian Split. He's with agmarket.net. Wanted to talk about the charts before we come back and, and look at uh, heat o- heating oil and everything that's kind of accumulating there. Looking at what you're seeing on the corn, you did talk about a top in October. So when you look at that, how does that relate to what we're seeing in today's market trade? So I think um, one of the things that I try to do, Susan, is try to you know do a little bit of pattern recognition and um, you know find similarities in the way the market moved previously and, and see if there's similar patterns that have formed. And uh, there was a lot of talk last week about the volatility that we had in the corn market. You, know, you look at last Thursday, uh, the market was down sharply. We had the March contract down 12 cents, 
And the very next day, it was back up 13 and three quarters, and it closed above the high of that previous day where we were down sharply. And so, you know, I, I looked back and I said, all right, well, have we done that before? And um, when we were in mid-October, we had a day where the market was down 14 cents. The very next day, it was up 16 and a quarter. It closed above the previous day's high. And so what happened after that? Well, once we did that, we jabbed a little bit higher. Uh, then we turned around. And the next month and a half, we saw the corn market just really grind lower and, and formed a very steady downtrend. So you'd make a new low. You'd trade sideways for four or five days, make a new low, trade sideways. And you had the stair step uh, move to lower values. And we eventually bottomed in early December. And that that time frame is important because that was as we got into the option expiration of the December contract. Then we went into first notice day, which is the beginning of the delivery period. And then we bottomed in early December while we were in delivery. And then if you think even further back, that's exactly what we did when the September contract expired. We went down into option expiration. We continued to make one other leg lower as we got into first notice day and delivery. And once we were in early September, we bottomed while we were in delivery and, and rallied. So my concern would be that this pattern that we've seen recently um, is very similar price action-wise to the highs that were made back in October. And so now, over the next month, the March options will expire four weeks from today. So do we have that same pattern where the market now starts to stair-step lower? Uh, do we go down into option expiration? Do we forge some lows while we're in delivery? And I think there's a cash market reason why that happens. And if you think about the way the basis has been very strong this year, I think producers have basis contracts that they've set where they said, you know, I want to make sure I can lock in this really good basis. But if they haven't set the futures price that's attached to that basis contract, well, what happens? As you get close to option expiration and first notice, the elevator or the merchandiser is going to call that producer and say, hey, you have to price this or you have to roll it. And so I think we're at a time of year where the producer may need cash flow. They may need to price some bushels. And so it's another repeat of that pattern where now these bushels get priced um, kind of in that last week going into the the first notice uh, delivery time frame for the contract. So um, I'm a little concerned that maybe corn has made a, a bit of a high. I think options are very cheap right now. So if a producer wanted to stay friendly on the cash market but have some futures protection, um, may not be a horrible idea to look at some puts. Um, you know, I think 380 puts in the March contract were going for two to two and a half cents this morning. Um, you know, that at least puts a floor near last week's lows where if we ever did take that out, you're limiting your downside risk from that point forward, uh, keeping your upside completely open. So just stuff to consider there. Looking at the heating oil and the fuel needs as we continue through this winter, it sounds like it's an optimum time. We've seen kind of a bit of a drop in the price. It is. So, uh, you know, the tough thing with fuel is that you can generally um, get a very good price on what you can take delivery of and, and store right now. Uh, but if you're trying to lock in fuel for the whole year, uh, you're going to pay significantly higher levels. Um, so I think this is probably an opportunity to really lock in short-term needs that you may need through spring. Um, if you have the ability to store some on farm, 
um, then maybe you can be a little bit more aggressive with the amount that you purchase. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, so you can reach me at uh, 1-815-665-0463. Uh, that is the direct line to my office to speak to me. Um, you can actually call the uh, the generic ag market line and, and talk to myself or any of my partners. Uh, that would be 844-4AG-MARKET, 844-424-6758. Uh, I'm on Twitter at BJ Split and uh, on Facebook, too, if you want to look at my family. I don't have a whole lot of grain <laughs> stuff going on there, but I am connected to quite a few producers on Facebook there as well. All right, sounds good. Thanks so much. That is a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.